everybody. We are back. This is Anthropology. My name is Misha and never watched Twilight until last year. What was your overall thoughts? I think we got some of it last episode, but just to confirm, Um, is it as bad as everyone says? Do you think it's a bit better? Just mediocre? What do you think? I mean, it wasn't good, but technology is so much more different now than like it was when the movie was first made so I can't really like go off on like the awkward effects or anything like that I don't know I thought the weirdest part was like that the siblings are all clearly like involved with each other and like only they only make a comment about it once like oh yeah they're all like dating each other and then Bella was looking at her like she was mean for saying that like no if this was anywhere else everyone would be talking (laughs) well I mean I didn't think that type of thing was acceptable in Washington I thought it would be more like like it'd be in Alabama or something like that they're adopted, so it's okay. Is it like what was Bella's thinking in the book? That's no, that's so weird. Yeah, I think the last movie is really good. Like that that one flashback scene when you get near the end was like it made that whole movie. Oh, I only watched the first and like parts of the other ones. If you don't watch it, you can find that whole scene just on YouTube. It's uh, Chef's Kiss. Um, I want to say that I have a vampire role play game called Vampire the Masquerade. You might also have heard of it because it's like. A legendary vampire game because it was so buggy back in the day but everyone still loved it because it was like it came out like the i think really early 2000s or like the late 90s you know it's like a buggy mess now it's it's getting a reboot game so everyone's like been really excited about it so yeah i want to play the actual role play game though with people one day i, I have the expensive guidebook so i just need to find peeps and i have the dice so maybe one day oh interesting do you know when the re-release is gonna happen uh i think it's this year Last time we came on, and I missed it, but it's it's yeah, it's twenty twenty two or three probably. I will, and if it comes out, I will give an update since I mentioned it on the show. Okay, as my next as one of my fun facts. And our question for the week is: Would you want to be immortal? Okay, um, pl- I'm gonna give like the argument for both. So before I make my answer, plus I'm nosy, so I get to see how history like unfolds. Negative: All the people I care about are gonna die, and I have to deal with all that grief. Like I, I know grieving's part of life, but that's like grieving forever and ever and ever, and never actually getting to like grow up. Because I feel like getting old is part of life. Do you know what I mean? And then imagine yeah. immortals being you're stuck at that age, and it's not like you just like. So I would still want to. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but I still want to do it because I'm just so nosy. Like I need to see like when we get wiped out by climate change or something. <laughs> see, my answer is no, and it's like because of all those like the grief thing, but also because like what if like the entire Earth explodes? Would you still be alive? Mm. And it's also like you could like feasibly be in like a lot of pain at some point and still not die. Like Ooh. if you get through like a horrific car accident and you still live through that. I wonder if there's like people like you know have you guys seen those photographs where it's like someone from way back then looks exactly like someone now. And it's like are they a vampire like in this photographic evidence or are they just a doppelganger? You'll never know. I think a lot of people look similar. Live. But in in, there's a scientific study that there are seven other people in the world who look exactly like you. Like, exactly. Like, you have seven novel gamers in the world. I mean, I think it's that, but also just, like, if you live in a small enough town, everybody kind of melts together. And they have a chance of it. Yeah, and you probably have a couple ancestors. You're a romantic partner, and you're probably, like, 10th cousins. <laughs> small town vibes. <laughs> I don't know. But maybe maybe that's harsh, and maybe yeah. that's like how I grew up. Yeah. Like I definitely know. I had a childhood friend who almost dated her cousin because she didn't know because her dad got around. Not friends with her anymore, so she won't listen to the show. Thank God. But like, yeah, 
<laughs> awkward. I was gonna say something, but this episode isn't about that. This episode is about vampire subcultures. So jumping into our first article, it's from Father Sebastian from 2016. Yeah, you'll be hearing more about him later. <laughs> right. Um, it's called Types of People Within the Vampire Community. And so this guy is basically like a leader of a well-known vampire clan. In LA, yeah. And yeah, so he goes over like different people in the fangdom or vampire community. But so the first three are scholars, role players, and lifestylers. So scholars are interested in studying like modern vampire culture and mythology. They don't think of themselves as vampires, but they're still like members of the community. That might be me and Misha since they're doing this we're just historians yeah (laughs) Uh, interesting um they're role players or like if you know like larpers live action role players they have their own game which jeffrey mentioned a bit earlier vampire the masquerade where they take on the role of vampires pretending to be humans and they act out their characters in an interactive cosplay in nightclubs rented hotel spaces gaming conventions and they're hosted by a storyteller who like directs the game kind of like uh, a dn in a dnd game mm-hmm. it seems and then the lifestylers or vampires with like the, the y are individuals who find empowerment in the vampire archetype in the real world some are part-time or full-time some just dressed up others are vampire philosophers that was my spelling error oh uh, okay sorry <laughs> well some like live in like the whole vampire life path quote lifestylers are different from role players and that vampirism is a lifestyle choice not just a game lifestylers make up the majority of the modern vampire culture end quote so i'm pretty sure no one here has heard of a black swan they are friends lovers and supporters of the vampire culture but do not identify as vampires and often function as consenting donors for some types of vampires and by consenting donor i mean blood donor Usually. The vamp- the term was coined in 1997 at Long Black Veil for allies of vampires who do not identify themselves as the undead or living undead. Um, there are living vampires. These are the most private individuals of all the ones on the list. They are on the quest for either, for immortality, either through technology, making their own legacy, or in a spiritual sense. And I, I was on a couple of these websites for this episode, and they are like the most cryptic forum boards. They're like, <laughs> it, it, very strange. It was like, I felt like I was opening a can of worms. I wasn't sure how deep I wanted to go. Like, you know, like the dark web, I felt like I was in the vampire dark web. I was like, mm, seems a little sketchy. Um, there's also psychic vampires and there's two different types. There are traditional psychic vampires usually are unawakened or unaware to what they are and are found outside the vampire community. This is the original concept of the psychic vampire as defined in Anton LaVey's book, The Satanic Bible, and Dion Fortune's book, Psychic Self-Defense. They are individuals who have the ability, sometimes unwitting, to drain others of their energy and emotions. You know the term energy vampire? They do so by being negative angry, gloomy, demanding, or critical, or in some cases by nonstop chatter and questions. Their lives are almost always in turmoil. This seems to be entirely an emotional condition and, psycho- and psychological and not esoteric. Do you think that's us? I don't think that's- it's me. I don't think it's, I think it, I think I know someone that you also know that we had a club together, but. Oh, anyways, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> 
Their ethical psychic vampires are individuals who believe they have an energy deficiency and their bodies do not create enough life force, prana, chai, or kai, to be able to sustain their physical, emotional, and spiritual health. They must feed from consenting donors to be able to replenish their energy and have ethical procedures for doing so. Some unawakened ethical psychic vampires fall into the category of traditional psychic vampires who need training and an awakening to identify and manage their condition. A great resource on the subject is The Ethical Psychic Vampire by Raven Caldera. I love there's actual like research, like that research research, but like books on this. Kind of fascinating. I kind of want to read some of these too. Seems like it's kind of its own religion, maybe. Yeah. Or I wonder if that could make Some of them are religion. Some of them have like head priestesses, some of these vampire groups. Yeah, I just wonder like, could that potentially harm like a like person you- like with depression? Like, could it be, like, a cult? I think some of them are cults, low-key, high-key. Now, I'm not saying this uh, Father Sebastian is, but, like, some of the websites I looked into, it was, like, you have to pay as much money to get this much information, and you have to pay more. It felt like an MLM. Like, the higher you pay, the more knowledge you'll get. Interesting. It was a little, like, mm. I didn't want to put, I didn't put any names there because I didn't, this was an exposed video, (laughs) but Mm. be careful before you enter any club that's trying to get money out of you. Um, so there's the sanguinarians aka the sanguines for short they're individuals who identify with need to drink human blood to balance or replenish their physical spiritual or mental health some believe blood has vital life force energy some sanguines all see themselves as real vampires and there's a growing divide to separate them from the vampire archetype so they're like we're not like the twilight or like the dracula we're like actual vampires we're not you know what i mean like, not like other vampires yeah for most sanguinarians blood drinking is far more than a sexual tra- is far more than a sexual attraction to blood or a blood fetish and has a much deeper meaning we also consider themselves different from sufferers of porphyria which is a congenital bone marrow disease that makes sufferers crave blood have a sensitive sunlight and have deformities of cartilage, all characteristics associated with vampires. Sanguinarians are often considered taboo even within parts of the vampire community due to the nature of the subject and the fact that drinking blood is highly risky and is nearly impossible to save and is nearly impossible to safely avoid contracting bloodborne diseases such as HIV, hepatitis, and syphilis. Also, drawing blood from a human body usually requires a licensed medical professional such as a phlebotomist, nurse, or doctor. Doctor. And then there are hybrids. Hybrids are members of the community who believe they are sanguines, but also psychic vampires. They can feed off blood or emotion. That, that's a lot of archetypes. But also, so why does it only have to be human blood? I don't know. It's very interesting. There's like recipes that are like ox blood soup uh, or pig's yeah. blood soup. I think the role players probably just drink like, you know what I mean? Red yeah. wine or like actual animal blood, which isn't as weird. I know in uh, one of my like prop classes, we made fake blood using... Uh, chocolate syrup and red dye mm. if you could just have that that that's that's a horrible texture like i know people are into biting but it's a bit much <laughs> yeah i don't know but and anyways that that's all the archetypes that took up like half the episode <laughs> But in an article from Radford, again, from 2014, it's a quote, there are certainly many self-identified vampires who participate in Gothic-inspired subcultures. Some host vampire-themed book clubs or secret bloodletting rituals, varying intensity. Uh, other, wor- 
Others wear capes or get vampire fang dental implant. It's all frightening and fun, but blood drinking is another matter entirely. The problem is that blood is toxic because it's so rich in iron. And because the human body has difficulty excreting excess iron, anyone who consumes blood regularly runs a real risk of hemochromatosis. I think it's hemochromatosis. We're both messy, but it's it's an iron overdose that can cause a variety of other diseases and problems, including liver and nervous system damage. So, like, I'm not trying to make a joke of, like, a disease, but it literally sounds, sounds like they have, like, some type of alcoholism, but it's, like, blood drinking. Because it's saying, like, you can have all these, like, issues and you're still drinking blood because you get, like, some high off of it. It seems like it's, like, an addiction that's not discussed because it's, like, so not that many people are addicted to it. Like, do you get what I mean? I'm not trying to like, I'm not comparing it directly to alcoholism, but it sounds like it has like similar issues, like liver and nervous system damage. It's kind of like, it's also like the idea of ignoring large risks. Mm -hmm. And then in an article from Smith from 2021, uh, it goes over the Sabertooth clan, which is in LA. And it's one of those like 21st century vampire clubs um that's founded by father sebastian hi again um so they don't drink blood or commit crimes but they do put on fangs and colored contacts and wear like time period clothing and live as children of the night and then return to their normal lives during the day how people have the energy for that i have no idea they have uh guardian spirits who act as their saints so they believe that spirits watch over them. And one spirit, Fred Samity, the host, is the icon for the clan's Endless Night Vampire Ball and is similar to the voodoo spirit of Baron Samity. When clan members come to the ball, they bring gifts to Fred as offerings. Kitra the Witch is described by a group founder. Father S- Kitra the Witch is described by Father Sebastian as, quote, the sorceress and vampire witch, as well as, quote, forceful and emotionally intense. Elorath the dragon can be described, can be called upon in rituals for power and Madru the knight is seen as a protector. Sorry, can you zoom in? I'm like fucking struggling. Yeah, one second. Here, let me pause real quick. <laughs> and... Basically, members of the clan adhere to vampire philosophy without blood drinking and call themselves lifestylers, like living as a vampire part time. Um, They collect this collective, they share this collective energy called the current, which is the spirit and blood of the clan. It's derived from a collective energy comprised of the members' interactions with each other, personal compliments, personal accomplishments, rites, and events. The current strengthens whenever a new member goes through the rites of transformation. The initiates' feelings of excitement and passion are drawn from them and shared into the spiritual energy of the collective. Honestly, we could start a fraternity based off of this. I would totally be like in love with a vampire frat. That would be so funny. Or even just like a supernatural frat. Like we, we don't discriminate here as long as you're not like a furt. That's like something I would have like died for in middle school. Yeah. Hey, we can just do one as an adult. Who cares? Um, so what is the rights of transformation? The rights of transformation must be undertaken to join the clan. These involve having Father Sebastian make things for the applicant to join before they promise things like, I will not sleep with my things on by the power of Sebastian. <laughs> While affecting a while affecting a poor southern accent. The second right is looking at oneself in the mirror with things in place. The third is the naming, and the fourth is the onk ink. 
After that, some will receive the invitation to join the clan. Okay, I just want to go off a tangent here. Imagine paying the... We're about to get how much this costs, but imagine you pay all that money, you don't get an invite. So let's, let's, let's tell them the cost before we judge too harshly. So Father Sebastian makes a living off of making custom things. His journey started when his orthodontist court grandfather refused to make him some. Now Sebastian has been making things since 1994. Prosthetics that temporarily attach to the wearer's teeth with adhesive. All members are his personal clients, and the things cost $150 to $299, and it takes 30 to 45-minute personal appointments to be made. He has said that he has made thousands since he has started, and his first client was his own mother. So many questions. Like, would insurance cover this? I don't know. Like, so that's an interesting question. I mean, like, how could you prove to insurance, like, hey, I need this? <laughs> I don't know. That would be a lot of fun, though. Yeah. And only 30 to 45 minutes is a really short amount of time for, like, that yeah. kind of thing. Anyways. Yeah, they hold the annual Nightless Vampire Ball every Halloween, and it's self-described as a Venetian masquerade ball meets a vampire court. With the energy of a rock concert and the elegance of a burlesque cabaret. And adheres to strict dress code on whatever particular time period they pick for that year. Cabaret. Cabaret. And it, <laughs> it adheres to a strict dress code on a particular time period. Another annual event for members only is they hold the Conclave Festival, which is held in a different castle every year. And it spans five days. A castle is reserved for the Sabretooth clan members only who can enjoy seminars, music, a vampire ball, a f- ball, and playing games with a clan member. If you're interested in joining <laughs> the Sabretooth clan, according to the administrator in 2013, um, within the clan, there's a tradition where individuals get a vampire name or a nightside name, which are personal descriptive pseudonyms that are called sobriquets. Yeah, yeah you're almost at sobriquets. 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 Uh, quicker. And usually it's given to you during the rites of transformation. So... So the names are similar to like a nom de plume or like a pen name for writers or like stage names for performers. And the pseudonyms are used as a form of address within the clan and the vampire community. It's kind of like like in the mafia where or like fraternal societies or in the military where people will often have to like earn their name, their their sobriquet or have it given to them by a senior member of the sanguinarium. Often it's the person who introduced them to the club that like gives them the name and earning your sobriquet from your peers requires you to like develop a name and like not develop a name but like kind of like be known have inspirations have your personality known amongst people if that makes sense Mm -hmm. choosing or being given an appropriate name is a big decision as this will often stick with the individual for their entire life and beyond However, if an initiate wishes to change their sobriquet, this is traditionally done when passing through higher rites of passage. Sobriquets are often used to maintain a separation between the dayside life and the nightside life. So dayside is when you're not like ro- like being a role player. When you're nightside, it's like you're like, you know, a child of the night, as well as to protect their privacy and aid in the awakening of an individual by adopting a chosen name. Wisdom dictates choosing a name from ancient languages such as Sumerian, ancient Egyptian, Enochian, Celtic, Hebrew, and other ancient languages. Others, such as names that come from ancient deities, heroes of legend or founder scrying or mediation. Oh my god, they scry. It looks I love like hearing people talk about scrying. Sorry. 
Um, use dictionaries from these languages to look up good translations, such as the Sumerian Dictionary, the Old Norse Names, Enochian Dictionary, and Leluwin's Nook of Names is a great source. However, names that come from role-playing games, such as Vampire the Masquerade clan names, overdone lordly titles like the King or Queen of the Vampires, fictional characters and video games are usually discouraged within the Sanguinarium and are considered humorous, so they're not taken seriously. Choose a name which is unique, simple, and easy to remember and interesting. It is to wise to settle in with a sobriquet that truly reflects your inner spiritual troops or quests. Addressing someone by their chosen sobriquet is a polite, honorable, respectful, and courteous, especially when interacting among Sabertooth. It shows good character from addressing the party. In contrast, it is considered rude, disrespectful, and poor taste and invasion of privacy to just someone as their mundane name within the community, especially when they proudly display their silver cat. Remember, names are power, so choose wisely. Now, you may be wondering why he says this part. It's because some, like, remember he mentioned deities? He's, um, Father Sebastian is saying that if you name yourself after a deity that has power, so... If you like name yourself after like a demon from like a time period, you might take on that demonic energy because you're trying to play up to a character. Does that make sense? Like if you're trying to be like a hero or someone, make sure that person's actually kind of like you already, or else you're gonna like be trying to be someone you're not. You know, all I've been able to think about throughout this recording is just how much Gundam Tanaka would love this. Or Celeste. <laughs> no, for real. Would you join this type of thing? Uh, I would be down to try. I don't know if it like forever thing, but I I like it. I like the idea of a silver cat. Like I like the idea of a day side life and a night side life. But I like I feel old now though. I don't think I could last. It's it's very much giving like Tyler Durden energy for me at least. But... I think it's like a fun cute idea. I, I mean, mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. I wonder if there's anything in Chicago. Yeah, we should we well, we should look into it. Like we. Should... <gasps> An episode of like the Chicago, not nightlife scene, but the Chicago supernatural nightlife scene. In all honesty, um, everybody, if everybody buys like 10 of our stickers, we'll maybe get halfway to the money we need to get the fake fangs. So um, please shop at our store. <laughs> and that is the end of our episode. So you guys learned about the Sabretooth clan, vampire, like members of the Fangdom. Would you guys want to join? Yeah. Well, Misha, if you were to join the Fangdom, where would you fall? Like, would you just probably be a lifestyler, a scholar? I mean, I don't, I don't think I qualify as a vampire. I'd probably land in like that scholar historian. I'd probably be like a lifestyler. I would not be a, a sanguinarian. Though a lot of my friends say I'm vampire-like. Mm. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, I really like, liked this topic. So next episode, we will be taking a vampire test from a community called the Temple of the Vampire. So if you're interested in that, and if you think me or Misha could be a vampire, you'll find out next time. <laughs> so follow us at our socials, Instagram and Tumblr at Defropology, D-E-A-T-H-R-O-P-O-L-O-G-Y. And that's also our Gmail. Also check out our Redbubble shop if in case you want any of our merch. Please, I want things so badly. Yeah, we feel like, I know we feel like YouTubers, like, go buy our merch. Uh, no. <laughs> now all we need is a bad sponsor. <laughs> we made it. Oh, God. I, the last thing I ever want to do is an ad roll. Like, I think we have our own ad roll. That's us. Yeah. But like, we totally eat each week and we've totally prepared all these meals we're definitely you're gonna have to censor that (laughs) (laughs) 
See you guys. I don't want to hear any brand names. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>